But I think it's very important for us as followers of Jesus to understand what our culture is and what it should be and what God is wanting to do in our lives uh, during this season because culture is a powerful indicator of who and what we are as individuals. Uh, if you're um, a bit of a psychologist or a counsellor, you've, you've heard I don't doubt, or a, or a human behaviour observer of human behaviour or, or management theory, you know about the five monkeys experiment. Um, it's about 50 years ago now, they, they, they were researchers put five monkeys in a room and in the middle of the room was a, a pole and at the top was uh, a, a big bunch of bananas. So as you can imagine, you know, they wanted the bananas. So the first monkey climbed up up the pole and reached out to get the bananas and they had it set up so that they could squirt a jet of cold water on the monkey uh, as soon as he did that. But also on all the other monkeys, they all, they all got squirted with the cold water. Um, so uh, that wasn't that soon gave up and, and, and got down again. Then another monkey after a while said, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to get those bananas. Got up and reached out, got the cold water treatment again, quickly gave up, went down. Uh, and a few of the other monkeys tried, but eventually they all realized, hey, this is not working. When any monkey tried to climb up and get the bananas, they just got beaten up by all the other monkeys. They just got, you know, you can't do that because we don't want to get this cold water treatment. And so they, uh, they eventually gave up the whole thing. Well, what happened after that is that they took one of the monkeys out of there and replaced it with another monkey who was completely new. Well, you can imagine it wasn't long before it quickly said, I'm going to get those bananas up there. So it raced up there, got the cold water treatment, you know, it got, but it got beaten up by the other monkeys. And then they replaced another monkey. And as each new monkey came in, the other monkeys would have beat them all up all the time because they tried to get up there and get the bananas that they got beaten up. Eventually, all the original monkeys were gone and the room was full of monkeys who'd never had the cold water treatment. They wouldn't climb up the pole and get the bananas, but they didn't know why. They didn't know why. All they knew was, if I go and get up there, I'm going to get beaten up by the other monkeys. And that's what our culture is like so often. We get carried along in the stream of things, and we don't know why we're doing things, but it's just what everyone does. It's what everyone does, so that's why we do it. That's the way culture works so often in people's lives. So it is that people today follow that. And I, I just believe today, friends, that God is saying to us here, in fact, I know this. He's saying, I want you to be different. I, I want you to understand that I've got a different plan for you. I've got something in mind for you that's completely different. There's a way that seems right to people, but it doesn't lead anywhere that's good. But I've got a new way. I've got a way that I want you to follow. And God is reaching out to us today saying, I want you to follow in my new way, my new plan that's going to be good for you. It's going to lead you to where you need to go. Will you leave behind the past and join my way? I want to read you a scripture this morning from the book of Colossians in the New Testament, chapter 3. And it says this. It's fairly in-your-face kind of passage of scripture, but uh, it just says, If you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life 
which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. And friends, I think that's a real uh, encouragement and challenge to us today to keep our eyes on Him and focus on the things He is doing in our lives because that's where the real life is. That's where the action really is. Now, um, I want to say this morning, friends, you know, we talk about being born again, don't we? We use that phrase, to be born again or to, to have the new life of God within us. Um, that word to be born again, it means much more. It means so much more than just getting a second shot at life. It means that you are born into a new family. It means you have a different heritage, you know, with a radically different future. It means you march to the beat of a different drum, maybe even wear a different shirt sometimes, I don't know. It means the Holy Spirit is creating in you a different outlook and you're no longer carried along by the stream of the world's thinking and ideas. And that's so important that we get a hold of this. The thing is, this morning, friends, we, you and I, have to translate that into our culture on the outside of our life because all those things that I mentioned, that's, it starts in t- it's on the inside. It's internal. We've got to make it work on the outside of our life because we're called to a different life. First thing I want to share with you this morning, friends, is about being marked by God to be different because He has called you to be different and marked you to be different. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, it's a great verse of Scripture. It says this, Paul's talking to his young protege, Timothy, and he says, Timothy, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, your love, your faith, and your purity, all parts of our life, parts of our culture. He said, be an example to all the believers. Well, I've always been fascinated with this verse from the Bible because that word example, be an example, is from a, um, a, an, another old word uh, in the original language. And it means, you know, when they would, uh, they would get a, a metal die and they would put it against uh, some, like a lead, a stamp, and they would make an imprint in the stamp. If they were using it for shipping of goods in the, in the ancient world, they would put a, a lead stamp on things. And uh, they would use a die to put a mark, a specific mark, saying this belongs to so-and-so. Um, that's what that word means. It means the mark caused by a blow. It literally means that God has done something in your life that has changed your life. Something's happened on the inside that's irreversibly changed your life. The mark of a blow. Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but let everyone see that you're a pattern. You're an example. You're, you're something that people can look up to and say, that's what I want to be like. And I think that's what God is wanting us to be in our, in our lives. There's three stages of, of our life, I believe. I think this works in three ways. And Murray alluded to this before. I, I really appreciated what he said about this. But, you know, every person that's born on the face of this planet has got something of God in them. Now, you might not think that. You might look at that person and say, well, there's nothing, of, nothing godly about that person. But I want to tell you this. Someone said that there's a God-shaped space in every person's heart. And I really believe that there's like a vacuum or there's something... Uh, if you're in a computers, you probably know, I use the word placeholder. There's, there's in your heart a placeholder for God. There's a place reserved that only God can fill in your heart today. 
And every person that walks up and down the street, every person in the city, they've got exactly the same thing. There's something that's meant for God in every, every heart of every person. Second thing is that that person one day will open up their heart to God. And all, all it takes, all it takes is a decision to say yes to Jesus and, and say, come in and fill my life. And he does, he comes in on the inside. And right now, that person, you know something different, something's happened on the inside of your life. And then thirdly, the third stage is it then begins to filter out and show on the outside. And people can see and know that you are a God follower. You know, God's done something on the inside of your life. You know, we, we read um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse t- sometimes. I've got, I've got it up on the screen. Um, in the Amplified Translation, it says that He, God, has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He's also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart. That's everyone's heart. There's something of God in everyone's heart. They don't know what it is. They don't really understand it. All they know is there's this longing for the supernatural. There's this longing for something bigger than themselves. There's this longing to be something beyond what they are. That's what God put in every human heart. What is in people's hearts. Second thing about being different. Being different in your life. It means, it's going to mean standing out. Now, I, I, when I started preparing this message, I'd, I'd kind of forgotten about the fact that we were having a Hawaiian shirt kind of a day. But, you know, um, speaking of standing out, that's kind of what Hawaiian shirts are, isn't it? But I think God wants you and I to stand out from the world. He wants us to stand out from, you know, from the society at large, not because we're weird, not because, you know, there's something about us that, you know, that they can't handle, but because he wants us to, to live and to march to a different drumbeat, as I said, and to know that our destiny and our future is in heaven with God. There's a lot of people don't want to stand out because they, they need the affirmation and approval of people around them. A, lo- a lot of people are like that today. They haven't yet grasped the fact that they're actually living in a different realm. Their, their life is now grounded in eternity with God. And that's something that we need to do, folks. I want to share with you a story of a guy called Gideon from the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament. And because Gideon's life gives us a window into our culture today. And in Gideon's day, um, like he lived a long time ago, right? And people had largely abandoned the worship of God. And they'd started uh, just worshipping these other like idols, They'd given their attention to religious statues, which are in, in the world today. I mean, you might not have religious statues as such in your house, but in other parts of the world, it's very common today. And uh, in, in Gideon's day, there were, it was very common that people would worship this religious statue called Baal, or Baal, B-A-A-L, and another one, which was a male representation of a male god, so they thought. And another one called Asherah, that's a representation of a female god, so they thought at the time. And people would bow down to these things and they would, they, they would fill their life, they'd give their attention to worshipping these idols. And what happened, because they were doing that, they'd, they'd, they'd given away the worship of the true God, the real and the living God. And you know what happens is, friends, what you give attention to, you give power to it. 
these religious statues had no real power at all. They were completely powerless. But, but you give power to what you worship or what you idolize. And so God had a, basically abandoned them. And he said, well, you want to do that? That's fine, but I can't help you. I can't rescue you from your enemies anymore. And so what was happening is they were being overrun by their enemies all the time. Anyway, um, the same thing happens in our culture today, friends. It's, happening, it's very real in our culture. It's so easy to give our attention to things that take the place of God, the, the true God, the living God. It's so easy to give our attention to other things rather than God in our, in our life, like w- our work, our entertainment, you know, sports stars, rock stars, movie stars, all, all this stuff that happens today. So here is Gideon, and Gideon is really fearful. He's afraid because he's just so insecure. He lacks any kind of confidence, and he's, you know, because they were o- being overrun by their enemies all the time. And Gideon's hiding in a hole in the ground. He's thrashing out a few stalks of grain, trying to get some food trying to hide from his enemies. And then what happens is God comes and appears to Gideon. God comes down like an angel comes down and appears to him and just says, Gideon, I want you to know that God is with you and I'm going to use you to to lead the army of your people to set your nation free from all your enemies all around about. It was an an amazing thing. I'm just going to fast forward to the end of the story. The end of the story is that Gideon rose up and he became a leader of the army and they, the enemies were put to flight and the whole nation was set free and delivered from their enemies. And it was just a whole amazing story. You can read it for yourself in Judges chapter 6 and 7 in the Bible. But here's the point. What made the difference in Gideon's life from hiding in a hole in the ground, being terrified of his enemies, to rising up and being the leader of the army? What made the difference? If you read the story, it says Gideon was willing to stand out he took hold of what God said to him and he realized that he needed to make a statement that he needed to stand out in, from the crowd and be different and let God work through him. God said to Gideon, I want you to go and destroy that idol. Because in his, Gideon's family, his household, they'd set up, they'd set up these idols, like an idol to, to Baal and Ashtoreth and all this stuff, Asherah, they had these idols set up. And God said to Gideon, I want you to go and pull those idols down and destroy them. And Gideon was still terrified. So he went and did it in the middle of the night. It says he, he, he pulled down these idols and he destroyed them and burnt them. And what happened is something happened on the inside and he knew that the, the fire of God came into his belly. He said, I'm, you know, God's raising me up. And that was a trigger to cause him to become the leader of the whole nation. It was a phenomenal thing. I want to ask you this morning, you know, um, what about your own life? Maybe there's some things that have been set up in your life that are taking the place of God in your life. And, and maybe, maybe you need to think about getting rid of some things out of your house. Maybe you need to hmm, get rid of some things off your phone. You know, maybe you need to make a statement sometimes just to yourself for a start, maybe to others, and say, I'm, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. I'm going to dedicate my life to following God. I'm going to pull down some of those things or all those things that have been idols in my life at this time. Gideon wasn't afraid to stand out. And God is looking for people today 
who will stand out. I'm so glad we're having these Hawaiian shirts today because it, it just makes you stand out. It's the first step to standing out. No, I'm not joking. You know I'm joking. You know I'm joking. But this is so relevant for men today and for women today. Are you willing to stand out in the culture around you? Maybe where you work. Maybe in your family. Maybe at school, uni, wherever you are. Are you willing to stand out? And here's a question. Ask yourself, how, how, do, how do I know that I've been marked to be a different person? How do you know? Just ask, ask yourself this question. When was the last time you turned something off? Now I'm talking about a bit of music or a movie or whatever. When was the last time you made a decision and said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this because I know God's doing something in my heart right now. I don't want to do that anymore. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to big note myself, but I tell you, I'm listening to the radio. It's, it just seems to be so often. It's, I can't listen to that. I'm just going to turn that off. It's not, it's not, I don't want to become like that. What I'm listening to right now, I don't want that. I don't want to be like that. And just click, off it goes. So, hey, I'm talking about the ABC. <laughs> That's, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so a different culture. What is it, what's it, what is it to have a different culture? So it's, I'm not talking about individual acts that might be different from what someone else does. I'm talking about building a culture in your life that is different, building a different culture into your life, a pattern of behavior that is shaped to be like God because that's what He is doing in our lives, in your life. Let's read from one from uh, Colossians, sorry, chapter 3. And th- I'm going to give you three very, really quick, we're nearly finished, three really quick ways because the Bible talks a lot about culture. And these are, th- these are three things I'm going to share with you briefly that just cut across our culture. They're completely countercultural and they cut across a lot of modern thinking, okay? So when Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, he'll sh- you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. He's saying that, that Jesus is, is now glorified in heaven. One day he's coming back and you and I are going to come with him and you're going to be glorified. He says, meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Now, that's, that's a radical statement. I don't know what you think, but I'm telling you, friends, that's countercultural. Because we in our culture today are not into obscurity. We're into prominence. We're into branding. We're into making a name for ourselves. Here's a little fun, fun fact. I'm not really into Instagram, but uh, I learned when I was studying this yesterday that if you're on Instagram and you have 10 times as more people following you as you're following, that makes you a micro-celebrity. You heard it here at Livestream Church, okay? You heard it here. You, you, are, you are now a micro-celebrity. But that's what the world's thinking is. You know, you've got to get out there. You've got to get your brand established so you can become an influencer, blah, blah, blah. I want to tell you, here's what God says. One of the, one of the most profound influencers of all time, a guy called Isaiah, who was a prophet, he would speak to the whole nation of God's people. And, um, and Isaiah said this. He said, this is what he said, you know, God is using me to bring radical change to a whole nation. And he said, but how did it start? He said, God hid me in the shadow of his hand, in the hollow of his hand. He hid me and prepared me, and then he launched me like an arrow. You can read it in Isaiah chapter 49. That's the way God works. God's ways are totally different to our ways. And he works by preparing you in obscurity. So I was thinking about this church building because we, ha- we haven't got a sign at the front. You know, so no one would even know that where, we, where we are. 
but be content with obscurity like Christ. That's, that's challenging. That's, that's so countercultural. Second thing, um, in verse, the next verse, verse 5 and 6, it says, talking about, you know, being a follower of Jesus, and it says, that means killing off everything connected with that way of death, not way of life, sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of God, by God. I don't know if you're challenged by that, but that's countercultural. That's the opposite to what the world is saying. That's, that's a radical, different way of thinking. I tell you, it sounds a bit brutal, you know, killing off everything connected with the old way of thinking, all that stuff listed there, kill it all off. It's brutal. But you know what? If you want to be different in the world, you've also got to be decisive. You're going to have to be decisive if you're going to be different in the world. Last one, uh, verse 15 and 17. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. This is so countercultural. In step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. Well, you know, we, we as individuals, we're mostly into individuals, aren't we? In, in, individuality, independence. Independence is usually held up as a, as a virtue in our society. And God says, as a church, you're going to be a church, get along with each other. Keep yourself in tune with each other, in step with each other. In other words, think about what other people are doing. It's not just about what you're doing or what you want or your interests or your passion or whatever. What about other people? What they're doing? This is countercultural, but this is the kind of God culture that He's wanting to build in the church, but in, in us as individuals as well. And so, um, friends, I just, just want to share with you a it's about building a culture that, that is a godly culture. That It might be completely different to the world. That's fine. That's okay. It's what God is building in your life. And so I read before from uh, 1 Timothy. Paul is saying to his young um, follower, Timothy, he's saying, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young, but be an example to all the believers in what you say and the way you live, in your love, your faith, your purity, all those things. Be an example to others. I wonder, can our creative team come back um, onto the stage for a moment? Be an example to other people in the kind of life that you live, um, the kind of culture that, that flows out of, out of your life. You know, I think the time comes for all of us as, as believers in Jesus that we need to go public with our faith. Uh, it's what water baptism is, is all about, actually. You know, when someone gets baptized in water, what that's saying is it's a public declaration that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a follower of Jesus. I'm going to let my life let, let my life shine, let my light shine for Him. And, uh, and I want everyone to know that's what it means to be water baptized. And I say to you here this morning, friends, if you haven't been baptized, come and have a talk to us. Come and see us about it because that's something that we all need to do. Make a public declaration, a public confession of our faith. It might mean... For you, it might mean just starting to share with your family, at, you know, at home or, or maybe people at work or at uni, at school, um, something like that. Um, I mentioned before um, about, about uh, Carl Butler coming in, in, a couple of months, in, a month, in a month's time. You know, what a great opportunity to, to let your light shine by inviting someone along to that. 
to hear this guy because I tell you, their life will be transformed, I guarantee, when they come and hear Carl Butler in a, in a, a month's time. But what about you this morning? Maybe there's, maybe there's parts of your life that, that really need to change today so the light of God can shine through you to other people. What is that? Why don't you just close your eyes for a moment? We're going to pray. Thank you.